Salutations and shit, guys. Welcome to another episode of Travel and Shit, your new favorite travel podcast. More about the what was learned and what was experienced of travel as opposed to the how I did it. I'm your host, D. Carrie. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for listening. Uh, welcome to all you new listeners. Happy to have you. And um, also excited to be bringing along those of you ha- who have been rocking with the kid for a while. Um, anything new? I don't think anything's new. This is episode, I want to say 33, 34. So uh, yay me, consistency. Um, and I have another guest for you, but let me set the stage. It's Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. here in the lovely uh, New York But my guest, bless her heart, is a trooper because it's 6.30 a.m. where she is right now, okay? It's 5.46. Oh, shit, 5.46. My bad. (laughs) Welcome, guest. Go right ahead and introduce yourself, you beautiful, beautiful black woman abroad. Go for it. Hey, my name is uh, Jazz, and I go by Jazzy. Um, so I guess my name is Jazzy, and <laughs> I am the owner of Black Digital Nomad, and I empower people of color to gain um, location independence and reclaim their time. Um, I've been living abroad for almost two years now. It'll be two years in September, and it's been just the best thing, thing ever. Wow. So it's like not even 6 a.m., and, and to tell the people where you are. I am in, um, I'm off the coast of Vietnam, uh, near the, the beach, and a small town um, near Hoi An. And here I am in Long Island. <laughs> Long Island, New York. I wish. Well, soon. I'm going away. Um, when am I going? I'm going away in June. I'll be on somebody's beach, but I won't be that far. So how did you... What was what was your life two years ago? How, before you moved, what was what was your story? Um, well, before moving abroad, I was living in Houston, Texas, and um, before Houston, I was actually living in Philadelphia, and I was serving five years probation um, for a, char- a case I caught in Philly. Um, I actually did fifteen day or fifteen weekends um, in jail, where you would go for forty eight hour increments. Basically, so you don't lose everything. Mm-hmm. And then I had a 60 days house arrest and then five years probation. So when I got off of probation, I was, I had a newfound freedom. You know, I think a lot of us say that we can't do certain things, but when you physically cannot do it because you're behind bars, I think you have a different um, appreciation for your freedom. And so when I was done, when I was off papers, I was like, you know what, whatever I want to do, um, I'm going to do that. And so when my husband came home one day and was like, hey, you know, I'm tired of the monotony of, um, you know, working all day, sitting in traffic. He was an electrician by trade, but an artist, you know, it's, um, being an artist is his passion. So he's just tired of the disrespect of being a black man in America and dealing with the same old. And so he came home and was like, hey, you know, I'm, I want to do something different. Do you want to, you know, go away for a while? And our plan was to leave. Um, for six months and go to Mexico, go back to Texas after six months, you know, and work and then try to live out of the country for six months out the year. But um, three months in, we're like, I think that we escaped the matrix. Like, what if this is it? You know, mm-hmm. then if this is what people are, are trying to achieve, which was having the time for ourselves, having time for each other. I was going to yoga on the beach in the morning, eating the juiciest, ripest mangoes I've ever had, and I'm just like, this is life, you know, not mm. sitting in traffic every day. I t- traded my car in for a bicycle, and um, yeah, I felt like I was at peace, and so we just have continued, continued to do it. What did you do professionally? What, what did you do professionally before you guys moved? Um, I was actually doing um, brand ambassador work in the store. So I worked for like Bacardi and things like that. You know, the people in the mm-hmm. grocery stores handing out samples and things. And I was also doing remote coaching, um, health and wellness coaching. Um, so I decided to try to do that more remotely, mm-hmm. um, my health coaching. But honestly, I think I made like $300 my first year okay. remote um, trying to coach. You know, So we really just saved some money and um, 
lived off that until we were able to make money remotely and become digital nomads. So what was, what for you was the shift that made you okay with leaving? Because I'm thinking I would still have some type. I mean, I guess not. Like, after, do you mind sharing why you ended up doing the time and why how you ended up on probation? Yeah, I had. Um, yeah, I did. I had a DUI. It was my second um, DUI, and was cited in blow, and so I got the worst charge, mm. um, which is why I had so much time and so uh, five years of probation. Um, so I guess that shift was just having realizing that like I could do what the fuck I wanted to do. And no one was stopping me but myself at this point. And so why not, really? Like, um, when I was on probation, I met someone who was working in Afghanistan at the time at a job. And I think they were making, like, 100 k mm. tax-free. And I was like, houseway, you know, like, <laughs> I'm down. But I could not do it because yeah. I was on papers. And so, um, yeah, I think I just was, like, losing opportunities, you know, when you regain your freedom. You just look at things so differently, you know. It was really, like, anything that may have been a no or I, a reason I couldn't do it no longer existed to me because it's like, no. Like, when you couldn't do something, you really couldn't. So now everything else is just my mindset. Um, and I'm a Gemini, so I'm impulsive. That mm. may have a little bit to do with it because we were just kind of, like, we decided um, in, I think, July... And by August 29th, we were, well, the hurricane happened, so we were pushed back a little bit. But we left within three months of deciding mm. that we were going to do this. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went, we worked, I delivered groceries with um, Instacart, and my husband Ubered, and I picked up lots of shifts. We saved money. I didn't let doubt, you know, creep in, and we were just kind of hyper-focused on it, and everything was aligned, even the hurricane happening which pushed us back of um about a week which hurricane but that worked Where? in our favor oh, hurricane harvey and okay i was gonna say hurricane harvey people. yeah in houston okay and so that even worked with i'm trying to i had it wait first i had what was the question i'm gonna ask what was shit i'm trying to think if i would even be responsible enough to be able to save that quickly one so that's where my head is at in that but before you guys decided to move abroad had you been avid travelers like what was your we went (laughs) we went to jamaica once and that was for our anniversary and i had to really like push my husband to even feel comfortable with taking time off of work Mm. you know because he was like oh you know if i leave work when i come back you know what is it going to be like and i'm like you work all day every day it's okay to to take time, you know, for yourself. Um, so we had just went on one trip, basically, out of the country. I had one stamp in my passport. Oh, so I had my passport, huge. yeah, for five years before I was even able to use it. Um, so, yeah, we were not avid travelers. We just knew we wanted to do something different, mm-hmm. and America just wasn't it, you know, feeling unsafe. And this was around the time where there was a lot of uh, police brutality and, you know, things like that. So, um yeah, we weren't we avid travelers. So when you first left, you went to Mexico. What was that like for you? Now, do either of you speak Spanish? Was it a complete culture shock for you? I mean, I feel like Houston's got um, I'm from L.A., so, you know, I know, like, nine words fluently in, in, in Espanol, and he was an um, electrician, so he did work. Um, so he learned a lot of Spanish that way, but not, you know, enough. But we were in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, which okay. is... 45 minutes from Cancun. So it's super English friendly, you know, mm-hmm. where I thought that we would go and immerse ourselves. And I'm like, okay, give me 60 days and I'm going to know all the Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen because all the menus were still in English. The servers and the people, you know, they wanted to practice their English. So, um, yeah, no, Spanish. Now, did you still feel thing. like yeah. tourists when you were there or did you feel like... Um, even- at first, yeah, at first we felt like tourists, but then after a while, you start to feel like an expat, someone who's there, because you realize that you're not leaving after two weeks, right? Mm. But then to other people, no matter how long you've been there, you know, seven months, eight months, three years, you're still different, and so you're still right. treated, you know, as a tourist. But um, I think Teacher has a song, and I would say that. You would 
something, something you were tourists, and I felt like I was not so mm. much. But um, yeah, I think you do kind of get more acclimated with a place when you're there longer than two weeks or you know a weekend. So you guys had the plan to leave, but what was your plan to arrive? Did you have accommodations set up in terms of long-term housing? Because initially you said you wanted to do like six months, right? Yeah. Um, so when we decided that we were going to leave, we didn't know where we were going to go. We looked at Guatemala, you know, uh, mm. Mexico, Thailand, that's where we really wanted to go. But um, we talked to some friends that had already done the leap as well, and they were going to fly in. They were like, hey, you guys to come here. And so actually, we first, when we first got there, um, prior to moving, the other girl and I, with another couple, we started to look online for places. And so when we got there, we did have a place booked for a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learned quickly that roommates was not our, our mm-hmm. studio at all. Um, but we did kind of have that foundation mm-hmm. uh, with someone there that we could, you know, we had a place set up already. Now, when you and went, then we just kind of looked after that. Did you go with, um, how do you, I'm thinking paperwork, visas. Did you choose places that like, I know, no, I don't know. I've never done Mexico. So do you, I don't think you need a visa as a Mexican, as a Mexican, as an American to visit Mexico as a tourist, but that's with the intention of you coming back. Since you only bought yeah. the one-way ticket, I assume, how did that work out uh, paper-wise? Um, Mexico, and that's why we went to Mexico uh, instead of Thailand, where I initially wanted to go, um, because you get six months on arrival. If you walk into Mexico today, you can stay there for six months without any extra paperwork. Okay. Um, so that was not a problem. That's why we chose it, because it's like... Let's test it out. It's a breeze. Okay. It's a breeze, yeah. Um, so I did one visa run after six months. I went back home. But the paperwork is very easy, um, especially compared to Southeast Asia, where it's not so mm. So what was your... Um, how did... I don't want to say cut ties, but you're, you spend so much time in you spend your life in a country, right? And so you've got the things that you accumulate accumulate during a life, especially during adulthood. Um, I heard you say like you had given up your car, but like, what about simple things like student loans? Is it still easy? Like I would assume that you could just pay it on your mobile phone, but are there triggers for, hey, she's been paying this from abroad a bunch of times or something like um, cutting off cable and cell phones and how does it look to... I guess, sever that tie or like if you're leaving, what are some things that you need to remember to address in the States before you show up someplace abroad? Um, for me, it wasn't easy. I mean, it wasn't difficult cutting ties. Like, fuck that cable. I had already cut off cable to save money before then. Oh, actually, I never had cable. I didn't have a television in my home mm-hmm. um, in the last place that I lived in. But other things like internet, I did cut that off. I made sure that, you know, I cut them off and paid them because my plan was to come back in six months. And then you want to, you know, be mindful of your credit. But, um... Yeah, it was just uh, like as if you're moving somewhere else, you cut it off, and then you say, I'll reconnect when I get to the next place. So that was really the least of our words. That was the, one of the easiest things to do was just, just cut off the Internet, um, pay the bill, and then that's it. Um, as far as anything else, my car was totaled in the accident, in the hurricane. Mm-hmm. So I was able to get a check for that and pay that. Um, but as far as anything else, we were just, you know, cutting things off to save money anyways. Student loans, you can still pay. I don't believe that there's a problem. The bank, you definitely want to alert your bank and let them know that you'll be leaving abroad. And typically, you want to get a different bank card because Bank of America, Chase Bank, they're going to charge you too much for international fees. So getting a a Bank of America, I mean, sorry, not Bank of America, a credit union or a Charles Schwab um, account, you know, I would recommend that um, for moving abroad. Okay, that's more so what I was thinking. It was because I don't have cable either. So I didn't mean like, you know, oh, my God, what did you do without cable? Oh, my God. It was more like, is it really easy to continuously pay your bills abroad? Because I'm thinking like, all right, well, what about my Visa card or like my Amex? Like if I'm paying it abroad, um, like because you know how if you log into a new computer, 
They're like, this is this device isn't uh, recognized. So you're going through seven different prompts for passwords, which to me is just ridiculous. If somebody's in here to pay a fucking bill, like let them pay my bill. But let them pay it. That, <laughs> that aside, I just wondered if there were any kind of different measures you would take other than like, hi, AT&T, I'm going abroad. Um, put me on your international plan or something like that. So it's pretty much the same as if you're traveling. You just let them know I'm yeah. extending the trap. Got it. Okay. So and a lot of things you want to cut off completely and get here because my phone bill is five dollars a month. Oh. You know, for services. Um, sometimes they're fifteen if you want to ball out. So mm-hmm. a lot of things you just want to cut off and start okay. new. Um, I did when I went to when I was in Mexico. I went to AT and T MX and my bill went to down from forty to fifteen, and it was at a hundred and something. But as we started to transition and get ready to leave of course I went down and um it was 40 but it was 15 dollars now it's four dollars um with a Vietnamese number I just switched some cards when we go to another country but you realize like how ridiculously expensive everything is in America like for no reason I feel like we live here we work a minimum amount of hours and it's like living single you know like they're always chilling with their friends able to do stuff wasn't nobody struggling the lights wasn't off it was just like how are these people able to survive and hang out all day um, and we barely, we saw her go to flavor like right. once a week or something, right? Like it was like, when do these regime? This shit work? No one. Right, regime you know? was the one that worked the least. I feel like Khadija really did. Uh, all props to Khadija. She really did get the grind <laughs> on. Maxine Shaw, attorney at law, she got her little like hours right. in. You know what I'm saying? But but Sinclair, that was all by the grace of God and Khadija. But regime no ain't do nothing jobs. at them boutique. It, no one and here we go. Jobs, You're right, right. And they were able to maintain, you know, still maintain have money to go out. A nice life. Yeah. That's yeah, and that's where we're at now. Where it's like, got you. I work you feel good. three hours a day. Oh, you know, sweet Christ! And I go to the morning. I go to the beach in the morning and watch the sunrise and exercise. I have time to prepare food for myself, and you know hang out, do what I want to do, and our quality of life actually improved. Before we left, I was telling my husband, like, hey, you know, turn off the um, air and, you know, start start taking cold showers because we're going to go to these third world countries and we don't know what to expect. And it's drastically improved, you know, Mm -hmm. like we have air, we have hot water, and our rent has decreased significantly and we're in brand new buildings. I mean, I live five minutes from the beach, you know. Wow. So, um, what I expected is, is it was not even that. We just figured we would leave America and, you know. So, what do you do professionally that you can work three hours and still um, have a good standard of living? And it's like, is it because you can charge as an American would charge? Or do you do, like, digital work? That, now I'm curious. Yeah. So, we do remote work. I do coaching still. So, I help people who want to move abroad. And I mm-hmm. teach English online um, about two hours a night. And that's pretty much it. So I still do, I make U.S. dollars and um, with teaching online and I make U.S. dollars through coaching and consulting. My husband's a graphic artist, a graphic designer, and he has art. So we have merchandise and things like that. Um, but you just don't need as much as much money and you're oh, able to save still, you know. Um, and there's people who come and work, you know, I, in the summertime I'll grind it out and I'll work maybe eight hours a day. Um, and at the same jobs that you do here or at something there at a job there teaching yeah like in the the summertime it gets busy so I'll teach all day and then stack you know 15k in the summertime and then kind of live off that like you really don't need a lot to live abroad um, which is a lot of people don't it's like the cost of people's rent I we both live here off of rent like $1200 very comfortably um we still get massages. We got a massage last night. We go out to dinner. We, you know, so it's nothing that we are having to sacrifice for. I guess except for just being far away from family. The rent is still twelve hundred dollars in Mexico. No, that's for we can live on a couple for twelve hundred dollars. Our rent for the we whole a month. Bedroom. Yeah, um, Ocean View apartment for six hundred dollars a month. Oh, um, here our rent is oh. cheaper. So oh. it's, yeah, it's. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. So, and this is Vietnam, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm in Vietnam, so it's cheaper. It's even cheaper in Mexico, in Mexico. But um, yeah, Mexico is very cheap. Vietnam is cheap. Thailand, um, Southeast Asia is just much more affordable than America. I know when you get to Europe and places like that, you're probably gonna mm-hmm. see the same. But here, and it's even as a tourist, I mean, because yeah, those are the things that you notice, like. Um, I went to Thailand and one of my favorite things to say is I did a whole work shift in the spa and I think I spent $80. Like I was there yeah. for a legit eight hours. I did like a two right, hour. I was going to say, if you spent $80, you had to have spent the night or something. Yeah. Because, yeah. Last night I got a full body massage and it was $10. It, you know, that's exactly. For an hour. And it was nice. I mean, they gave us fruit before and it wasn't like some rinky-dink, you know, yep. basement. It yep. was very nice, very tranquil. I mean, I thought she wanted my phone number after the massage. Like, hey, do we go together? Should right. I bring her flowers? It was amazing. <laughs> the massage. We would speak. Like, like do you need anything? Are you okay? Like, is your yeah. dinner ready for I the day? I'm going to give a $10 massage. And I may, you know, do a little this. Right. It. At the nail salon where so. they just rub your back and lotion your shoulders for you, basically. Yeah, and it's a great lotion. Right. But still. <laughs> right. So, it's definitely, I mean, it's where it's at. Um. And that's the thing, too, now, like, social media, like, being able to work remotely. Like, when I talk to my mom, she's like, you guys are good? You sure? You're good? Mm. And I'm like, yes, mom, I have a job. You know, it's like, do they pay you? And I'm like, yes, mom. <laughs> that's how like, the job thing works. It's <laughs> still, it doesn't change job, here. Right? <laughs> so what were but some of... But doesn't understand how I can make money on the internet, and that's what mm, Right, right. So what were some of, like, your early obstacles besides something like language or something like um especially considering you guys hadn't been to mexico i guess beforehand especially not as a couple like i'm thinking okay language might be a barrier some kind of cultural norms might be a barrier but uh, is there anything else that kind of came up as something that made the transition a little difficult or you know made you ever want to go back home um i've never wanted to go back home there have been little and obstacles like we got extorted you know one morning mm. but that what was, was that about so we heard we went to the beach to watch the sunrise and we had a, a little joint and um we got pulled over or they pulled us over we were walking and the cops came beside us and it escalated very quickly we were extorted about out of almost two hundred dollars um but we were also smoking, so we realized, like, okay, don't smoke outside. Maybe right. smoke in the house, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that was America, it would have been, we would have gotten caught, caught a case, had a ticket, you know. It would have been on our record. We may have went to jail. So, like, we charge it to the game um, as far as just kind of learning how things work. Because with that, I was like, hey, we could have just paid them and left. But I was like, no, where's my ticket? You know, I want to... Sh- I'm going to be extorted. Give me a receipt. You know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> like America, because right, we're extorted mm-hmm. there too. But we go to court and we have paperwork and so we feel that it's, you know, it's right, right. better or more legit to us. But it's the same shit. And, um, yeah, it just, it, it was, it's fine. But um, I learned, like, hey, it's a little different here. You know, pay, shut up, and go about your business and, and smoke and, and do Um, Other than that, just kind of like navigating things because we don't realize how much we learn through language and communication with people. So, like, even trying to turn the light, pay our light bill. And that was a difficult thing for me. Like, they are giving me this card, and they're talking about put it on the machine, and then take it to this mm. OXO, which is, like, 7-Eleven, but they don't want cat, like, you know, so those are kind of the things that we would, and then trying to get them to explain that to us. Right, because they're looking it's at you like, thing. just pay it, and you're like, yeah, yeah I'm trying, like, but I don't, I don't know what I to do. Right. Yeah, like trying to go online, but then you don't have a Mexican bank card, you know, mm. and then the language and then translation. People love Google Translate, but that should be wrong. I need everybody to know that should be wrong. <laughs> like, I've, I've had people use it for me, and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, it you know, loses like, all type of, like, it does. You lose yeah, its context it's like, in a lot of cases. Don't rely strictly on that shit. It'll have you looking real crazy. So just those, you know, little things, but nothing has been bad enough for me to be like, oh my God, I want to go home, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think part of that yeah, has like been this. because your husband is there with you? Because you guys are able to do it together. Yeah, I think that that's a huge thing because talking to a lot of people, we've met so many So I've actually met more solo expats or digital nomads than I have couples, you know? So that's the one thing that people say is that they get. Um, very lonely. So, 
but us having each other, like, it's rare that we are lonely. Um, yeah, we just don't, don't feel that. So I think that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how long were you guys your, together, your um, before you, before you moved? We were, we celebrated our, not long, because I think we celebrated, did we celebrate two years? Yeah, we celebrated our second wedding anniversary abroad. So we had been married a year. Oh, wow. And some change. Yeah, like about a year. Okay, November, no, so it wasn't, yeah, over a year and a half because our anniversary was in November. We moved in, in um, September. Wow. So y'all and we were in quick. together a year before that. So, yeah, not not long. And we met on Instagram, and so it's just this whole thing of like, that's why I'm telling people like, we trying to find your bay or whatever in your thing zip code um, may be an issue sometimes because I felt like if that, if I had settled down with maybe someone who lived in Texas or lived up the street from me, they would not have been like so like, oh yeah, like you know, let's get it. Um, and then just being on the same page, like I feel like it's your, it's, you have a better chance at finding someone that you're really aligned with. Because I think this shows how aligned you are with someone. Like you don't want children. We both want to live abroad. We're okay with you know um, being away from family and friends for a long period of time. And some people are not for that. I saw someone today um, giving up their apartment because their fiance, is, she's going back to the states. She moved to Thailand, and now she's getting engaged. And so he's like, nah, you know, and going back home. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, it's the beauty in finding someone that's really aligned. So aligned you guys were long distance before? Yeah, we were long distance in the beginning of our relationship. Yeah, for like nine months, we were long distance. And then you decided to move near each other? I'm asking because I'm single yeah. and I'm trying to get booed up. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying, I'm trying to get oh, yeah, shows yeah. out here. I'm seeing all these little, you know, <laughs> babies. I'm getting baby fever. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's, um, we were, yeah, long distance. He, I I lived in um, Texas and he lived in LA. I'm from LA and he's from Texas. So it was just kind of this thing of like, oh, you're in Houston. You know, my family's in Dallas. Like I was thinking about, you know, moving when he finished school anyway. So it was just kind of that push like, hey, yeah, I'm here. Let's do it. And we're in Houston for about a year. And then we knew we wanted something different. But we were trying to escape the matrix. And we thought that that was going to look like us moving to the country where his family is with land. Like, okay, let's live off the grid. You know, I'm tired of this shit every day. And it turned out it wasn't that. It was moving abroad to where you could really live fully and freely, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Wow, that is so beautiful. Is that your husband? Hi, husband. How are you? No, it shouldn't be. I think Girl, you see somebody behind. No, me. <laughs> no, I thought I heard another voice. Oh no, okay, he's downstairs. I'm like, wait a minute, because I came up. I'm on this rooftop by myself. I'm like, wait. Y'all got a rooftop. Well, look at God. There's a rooftop. So, how many places have you guys lived now together abroad? We started in Mexico, and then we were in Bali um, for a while, but only two months of internet is trash, trying to work uh, online. It's very difficult. Really? Then we okay. went to Thailand. Yeah, that's good to know. Uh, Bali's beautiful. There's parts that are good. We were in Ubud, and it just is not the internet's trash. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went to Thailand. We were in Chiang Mai. We were, you know, popping there. Black people are turning up every day to move there. And That was my um, next question. Yeah, Thailand's great, but their visa is 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 not great. Um, okay. Yeah, and now we're in Vietnam. So four, this is our, our fourth country. Wow. And this is over the course of two years then? Yeah, it'll be two years in September. So, yeah. Why did you settle on Vietnam? Is it because, like, the visa is easier there? Yes, it is. It's a breeze um, compared to Thailand. Um, there's ways around it in Thailand, but it's a lot more. And then it's like a student visa. We didn't really want to have to do that. We can go to language school. And we thought about it, but um, it turns out like Vietnam was best for me. And I like to be by the water and him as well for mm-hmm. us. Um, I'm by the beach, so I wanted to be back by the water, working on some courses and things, and, like, my creativity flows a little differently here. It's a little cooler. But um, Thailand was great. You know, I got back on stage there with acting and different things. So nice. um, Everywhere we've gone has been amazing, like, and that's what it showed me, too, that we think we need to be in certain places of the world to flourish, right? 
but I hosted my first wellness retreat in Mexico. I'm doing another one in Bali this year. Um, you know, I got back on stage and did plays and, and Vietnam, I mean, in Thailand, you know, they filmed a movie with Spike Lee there. Wow. And, and Vietnam. It's crazy how I manifested that and then fucking left and didn't go back. But um, it just showed me that no matter where we go, like, we take ourselves with us. And mm. a lot of times we think we need to be in the state to make shit pop for us. And that's just not true. Mm-hmm. You can actually flourish faster and because you don't have that weight of this nine to five, which is really fucking seven to seven because right. of traffic and all the bullshit. Um, and then you're tired. So I think you have a better chance at flourishing if you're trying to start a business and do things like that living abroad because like your expenses are next to nothing. Your cost of living, in, I mean, your quality of life improves and you're able to really focus on whatever that your dream is, really. So how have you felt where I guess have you felt most at home in terms of being a black woman abroad? Where have you felt like the most comfortable? Where have there been the least, uh, I guess, boundaries to inclusivity, maybe? Um, I probably would say Mexico, but I also think it's a mindset um, thing because here people will point and like, oh God, like they touch my hair and things of that nature. So I do feel different here, but even in Mexico, they would take pictures of us and mm. um, a lot or ask to take pictures with us and stuff like that. So you feel different everywhere, but it's reminded me that every place kind of feels like home because like, I think naturally we're nomadic and growing up, I've always had this, like I wasn't my foundation wasn't stable my mom was on drugs and my dad was a piece of so I would go from here to there to here to there mm-hmm. and um I think it's naturally I'm used to like picking up and leaving and so I guess this still feels like home for me it doesn't feel like anything out of the ordinary if that makes sense no it uh, but as far as like being black I have felt it most here is that like oh like I'm different we're different because i in America, we see everybody all day long. I mean, I'm from L.A., so, like, at my high school, there was everyone there. I knew the difference between uh, Filipino and Korean, right, Mm -hmm. instead of lumping Mm -hmm. them all as Asians. So, for us, we're like, okay, it's not a big deal. But for them, people who probably never left their country or even their their town, they're like, what the fuck is this? Or, you know. And they see you like three days a week in a row. It's just like, whoa, what's happening? For like, it's been a month now. She's still here. Yeah, (laughs) like, what is this? You know? And so, just I think it's just remembering that um, we're all visitors in this world, too, but just that. You know, it's it's a mindset. Like people are different. Some people don't travel, and so not allowing the stares and the things to bother you too much because it can. It can it can easily feel like, oh my god, these people are judging me or pointing or laughing at me when um, they just haven't. They're curious. So, but you've never yeah, I think felt everywhere feels like home. You've never felt you know? unsafe in it in that space no. of people. Right. Not okay. like I feel felt in America. Like, mm. I remember my husband calling me, and I'm, like, worried because he's gotten pulled over. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, is this, you know, another, mm-hmm. is this, how is this going to end? So that fear, that's the fear that I felt. And I have not felt that here. It has not been that. I mean, I walk home. I walk at night. I go to the beach by myself. You know, I feel comfortable, you know, navigating these places. Um you know, you're mindful, you know, of course, right. mindful because where I am in Vietnam, we're in um, Da Nang, but I've heard of other places like Ho Chi Minh City and Hanoi where people are targeted and robbed, you know, or, you know, petty stuff and things like that and those right. at your phone. But, I mean, I'm from South Central. Right, so, exactly. Like, mm. it's, it's, it's on like, your mind to watch your back. Yeah, like, you know, you just, you watch your shit everywhere and you watch yourself everywhere you go. So, um yeah it's um yeah i'm fine i feel safest so how has the language difference been in terms of just even navigating streets navigating what store to go into like what is this i went to um with uh, norway was one of the first place that well because no i'd been to the grocery store in costa rica but i remember being the most intimidated in the supermarket in norway because i'm trying to just find something to eat mind you i was trying to do it in a time crunch because my host was like waiting in the car but i'm like 
having to use pictures for everything. I'm just like, I didn't, it didn't dawn on me how clueless I could be holding two different boxes of pasta, like what's going to be easier to make or whatever. So how has it been, especially with like um, a lot of countries like, I don't know what the writing in Vietnamese looks like, but I know in Thailand, it's a lot of characters I'm not familiar with. Yeah, so right. I'm, yeah. How has that been the navigation of the difference from like letters to characters to symbols and stuff like that? Um, for one, you realize what it feels like to be um, illiterate. Because I've been reading my whole life, you know, I've never dealt with not being able to read or write, and so you just read shit all around, and then when you can see it, but you can't read it, you realize, like, shit, this is, like, it's very humbling, Um, but, I mean, I I guess it hasn't been, like, a huge thing for me, Um, especially for me, like, I I follow a plant-based lifestyle, so trying to be mindful okay. of that kind of stuff, but also I had to realize, like, some of these people don't know what the fuck you're talking about, so if you're asking them if fish sauce is in this or if this is mm-hmm. in that, um, it's difficult. But in the store, I eat lots of fruits and vegetables, um, so maybe that's why it's a little easier, but even with, like, toothpaste and stuff, like, I don't like to use fluoride and those kind of things, so um, a lot of stuff is still in English, though, I've noticed. Like, it'll have Vietnamese, but it's still Something English, there. which is so, I'm so grateful that if I am ignorant and only speak one language, that it's like in English, because right. oh, a lot of the menus point. will still have English, you know, um, Google Translate for the photos sometimes work, where you can kind of glance, yeah. like, scan over it, I'll use that. But at the end of the day, I'm just guessing, and it's like, okay, you know. But I really haven't had, like, even I get coconut milk, and it still says coconut milk on there. I went somewhere yesterday in the grocery store, and it said, like, something vegan. Okay. Um, but it was in English, like, vegan fish something. It was weird shit, but it was mm-hmm. it was still in English. Vegan fish? So, yeah, girl, it's just weird, but... Um, <laughs> I don't even, I, I eat fruits and vegetables when I say I'm plant-based, so mm-hmm. all that other mock shit, I don't really fuck with that, but um, yeah, it was still in English, basically, so I haven't been, you'd be surprised how it's like, not that difficult to adapt to, right, like, okay. you kind of work around it, you see, like, okay, but it can be kind of, you know, difficult sometimes, but it's really not that, that serious. I would guess that it's out of necessity, because as a tourist, you feel like, all right, well, I only need to be here. How many more days do I have left? Three more days? All right, so I know I liked this one thing on the menu. If every, if all else fails, I know I can go yeah. back to getting this one thing and I won't die. I will eat for the rest of the days that I'm here. I'll, right, right. I'll make it through. And then you, when you have to figure something out, you make, you know, concessions and you yeah, figure definitely. shit out. What yeah, about... Yeah, I guess I Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead, finish. Finish your thought. No, it wasn't anything. Oh, so what about health insurance abroad? Is mm-hmm. that a concern? Is Do you have, like, traveler's insurance, or is there, like... Yeah, I use a nomad insurance Ooh. for nomads, for people who live abroad and travel regularly. Um, and so it's $37 a month, but if something really happens, um, things are so cheap. Like, we had a cleaning and um, cleaning and whitening, and that was, like, each. I think it was, like, $60 and... $70 or something like that. Um, if you need to go to the hospital, things are cheaper. So, like, you really don't, like, I'm covered if something happens to me, but as far as anything else, like medical, we just pay out of pocket for our expenses because it's... it's, it's not affordable. expensive. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's why there's a lot of medical tourism. I'm actually going to go in July and get my, uh, go get LASIK here um, mm. in Thailand for my next visa run. I'm going to go, um, get LASIK here, which I've been wanting to do is half the price here. So, yeah, it's, it's not a thing. Is the, but um, having, being healthy helps too. So. Uh, right. Yeah. Of course you want to not have to use anybody's medical facilities, but it's nice to know that God forbid something should happen. There's no real concern as to, will they admit, like, will they work on me? Like, will they, you yeah. know, just say, Oh, well we don't have anything here to help you or, you know, just let you yeah 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 no that's not the case um and thailand has great medical doctors i'm not sure about vietnam you gotta probably be a little more careful here Um, (laughs) but there's dentists and things you know there are hospitals um 
So yeah, I mean, we know that it's a business. Healthcare is a business. Absolutely. And abroad is not. My dentist actually told me that she left. She studied in um, America and worked there for ten years and left and she was like they're just trying to get me to scam people all day wow um, and I was like wow yeah and yeah she told us like the practices of America's dental dentist and she was like appalled by it and we knew that you know we know right. these things but we continue we, like to get asked and no Vaseline and yep. we just had it we're just like and once you get out you can see things so much differently like when I did go back home I've only been home in the last year, maybe I spent five days or maybe a week oh, in wow. the States since we've left abroad, yeah. Um, I've only gone home for a visa run in Mexico, and then when we were leaving to go to Bali, we went home. But you see, like, with the, the commercials, the billboards, the way things are set up, you realize, like, how brainwashed we are there in America and how expensive it is to where you can't thrive as, as a working-class citizen there. So That's ridiculous. And you can but it's just, it's difficult. It's right. not, it is. It's, you yeah, gotta work old. harder to enjoy it. Like, it's a bigger... And I'm not... Right. So, hustle to, I'll sleep when I die type people. Like, I like naps, okay? I don't like to work that hard. I like to work and then see the fruits of my labor. I don't want to, you know, grind until my fingertips are off, you know? So, it just makes sense. You're really making me want to leave. Because I already want to... Girl. Ooh. Shock it. Can you um thing the, the thing for me? The pot, not the podcast, the, the tripod for me, please. Oh, I thought I was going live and I'm over here taking pictures of myself. <laughs> Bad pictures at that. Okay. Oh, I, I'm not going to be able to see it. You can't, wait, just, oh, just turn the, the camera back this way. There we go. Honey. Oh, it is still alive. Okay. I'm a little crooked. Yeah, it's laying. You paused it, right? No. Oh. Well, we're going. Hello, audience. <laughs> I thought you paused the recording. <laughs> I'm setting up the live, y'all. Okay. Oh, so we're still going. So I, gotta, I thought I could stop. Okay, so the question I want to ask you is how making friends, right? Do you tend to, being that you work as a digital professional, do you find that you have to like separate yourself from the internet? And because I know you said you like the beach, so I know that you go out and I've watched your lives and stuff like that. So I've seen you out and about. But in terms of making friends, do you find that you make more friends like uh, online or is it going to um, in life? You know, that's because I'm I get in my head a lot. And so in my mind, I'm like when I travel, I tend to make friends with other people that are on vacation. But being that you're an expat, are there expat meetups or you know what I mean what what is the social aspect of living abroad been for, like for you oh yeah I'm actually a lot more social now um mm. I'm yeah I'm cool with being alone so I have to tell myself like okay girl you know go out and talk to people but mm. with my platform a lot of people reach out to me anyway so they'll be like hey I'm in Da Nang or I'm here you know oh, nice. I'd like to meet up or I'd like to you know teach you the coffee because you've been helpful whatever so um, people message me and I'll meet them that way. There's, um, I know face, people don't like Facebook at home, but for travelers, it's amazing. There is a group for everything. Like, mm-hmm. I run a group for the black people here in Da Nang, and there's one in, uh, we have, like, Black Packers of Southeast Asia, um, Brothers and Sisters of Chiang Mai, and so there's a lot of events there, a lot of, you know, meetups and things for expats or whatever. Um, so it's been easier to meet friends. Um, the only thing is, is the art of letting go. So you you may meet someone and that's your friend and y'all are cool and then they move on and they move somewhere else. But it's still fine. Like I met a girl in Mexico and she lives in the States and we ended up having a retreat together. So okay. oh, that's still amazing. like, you know, this thing of, and you, I think you meet more like-minded individuals. And so it's, I think it's a little easier 
Okay. To meet people because people are seeking the same thing, right? We've all left our family, our friends, our day ones. And so, like, I know when I left, moved a lot, even when I was in the States. And I know, like, Philly and the East Coast, it's difficult to make friends. Okay. They're, like, um, you know, clicky there. Are they known people their whole life? So if they didn't go to kindergarten with you, you can't sit with them. Right. Versus here, people are, you know, open. We,
There you are. Okay, I think we're on. Okay. Yeah, I don't hear. I don't. I think it's good, Sha, because I don't hear her on. Wait, you go ahead and talk and see if I hear you on. Um, I can only hear her in the um the um the one thing, so it should be okay. I think. Okay. So, what else are you working on? I'm working on a book currently, and it's my story from um, probation to passport, and also um, yes, and also um, my course. I have a master class on moving abroad, gaining location independence, um, or becoming an expat. Okay. So, where can people find all? Ooh, breaking shit. Where can people find? Well, when is all? I guess you're plans for it to release is this going to be like a this summer 2019 is it going to be a um a future thing like when can is it soon like because i'm i'm like between the book and the course i'm like fuck new york yo (laughs) let me be on the beach someplace yeah so the course i do it monthly um so that's available and that's on my site blackdigitalnomad.com backslash uh become a just go to blackdigitalnomad.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.
Yeah, I just did not allow the negative self-talk to hinder me because I know a lot of times when we're worrying about things, we're going to manifest what we don't want to happen. And right. so, like, if you know right. anything about the law of attraction, you know, like, listen, just don't even allow that. And when I would have some doubt, I would just respond to it. Like, well, you don't know Spanish. So what? I can learn. There's apps, there's classes, you know. Mm-hmm. And then also, if something happens, you can take your ass back home. That's what I was thinking also. Like, do you have, did you, you ever, right, shit, you know, and I, you know, I have a card, an emergency credit card, um, save money, you know, fucking, I don't know, set up a GoFundMe if you need to go home, people are going to, you know, the embassy will send your ass home. Really? Um, so if some shit really happens, you can get home, have a plan, but I wasn't really worried about the what if, I knew that. In the States, I felt like I had more chance of being killed as a black person than living abroad, something happening to me. So, don't let fear win. You got me here planning this, like the escape, the escape route. (laughs) Now I'm I'm taking it a little more serious. But, But honestly, though, that's how it feels just being here. So it's like, why not do it with a bet- with better scenery? You know what I mean? Because it's like you yeah. stressed about all kinds of things, living here, paying wild money and bills every month, showing up to work every day, not being happy at work, just to come home to get seven, six hours of sleep because I don't do shit else. I mean, this Tuesdays are my most popping day when I do the podcast. Other than that, nope, partial lot. I've been trying to get better. I've been trying to intentionally live my life like I am on vacation because when I'm on vacation I'm out and about I'm booking excursions I'm doing shit I'm having a good time so there's no reason why I felt like I shouldn't put that same effort into when I'm at home so I've been getting a little better I'll give myself that pat pat but I would love to be able to say I live five blocks from the beach and it not be far rockaway beach you know what i mean or it not be jamaica bay so i yeah it just it puts things in perspective the stress that you put into living a life that you tell yourself you do love because there are aspects of life that we love don't get me wrong in that sense but when you think about that level of just like peace that you have when your surroundings change and when like that environment changes and the energy shifts, it's like, well, why couldn't that be your everyday existence, you know? And right, like, right. that's what this conversation definitely has done is put that a, a lot more into perspective in a sense that just because what you know as home doesn't have to necessarily be the only idea or experience of home right how was it leaving like your friends and family though because i'm thinking in my mind like fuck like i'm i'm a daddy's girl so i like i don't want to leave my dad like and then it's like my best friends except for like one most of them live out of state so it's like all right well i don't see mm-hmm. Dell all the time i don't see you know dominique or alicia but it's like i do have like other friends that are like family to me and it's like well i'll miss them but i mean like y'all can come see me in fucking i don't want to go to tokyo but tokyo is the first place that came to mind but y'all can come see me in cuba because cuba so far has been the only place i've been that i would actually move to if i had to how did you combat like that whole i miss my friend shit well for one um i have been away from home i left la at 18 few days after I turned 18, so I've already have been abroad. My friend in the States where I did live, she had moved to New York, uh, my closest friend, and then my other friend moved to L.A. to pursue her shit, and so um, it was kind of like to stay in a place where I really wasn't thriving, I was miserable more mm-hmm. so, and trying to, like, survive wasn't worth the trade for me. Like, I'm like, I was here, I'll talk to you guys, you know, come visit. And actually, four people have gotten their passports since we moved abroad. Wow. So we just try to get people to come, you know, I did the retreat so my clients and my um, families could come and visit. But um, I've lived away from my mom. We have a great relationship, but we talk on the phone, and that's perfect for us, you know, anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Um, like I said, my upbringing was very rocky in the beginning anyway, so that foundation I didn't really have to where I'm like, oh, I have to stay here. I have to stay home, you know? 
which I feel like it used to be. I thought it was hindering me, but it's actually been great. Wow. I don't feel that I'm stuck anywhere, right? I feel that I could talk to you guys. And that's the thing, FaceTime and the internet, like we can still, you know, bond with each other. No, you don't see them all the time. And yes, I do miss people. Like my mother, my grandmother died and I wasn't there. Wow. I'm sorry. You know, my cousins had a baby and I've seen the baby once. You know, mm-hmm. other cousins had a baby. I've never seen the baby in person. It's just I'm watching these people grow up online. But also, I guess that's part of the sacrifice. Like, I'm happy. I'm at peace. And I'm happier than I was when I was closer to my friends and family, unfortunately. You know, but come on, guys. Come visit, please. Other than that, I'm at yeah. the beach. So I'm cool. Like, I don't know. I just. No, I get it. Cause sometimes you feel yeah, like yeah. even the friends I live close to, I'm like, oh word, like I'm moving closer. You only like six blocks from me. I still don't see you. You know what I mean? Got so. And there we have it. There we have it. You got all that time so spent like, doing shit you don't want to do. Anyway. Yep. Right. And and developing new friendships are fine too. You know, I've met really wonderful people, really solid people that are amazing. You know, but like I can't live my life in one place for other people. Yes, absolutely. Um, that are struggling too because it's just it's difficult there. I mean, it, it's difficult. Final question: Have you had any really scary experiences while you've been abroad? And have you had any? This is like the most beautiful. Like, what has been, like, the scariest fucking experience and then, like, the most incredible I would not have imagined this being my life right now experience? Okay, so the one was the other day. Um, we were in a motorbike accident. And oh, wow. it's crazy because the day before, the night before I had a dream that about two accidents. And um, it was weird, but I didn't think anything of it. We went about our day. We were going to the market, coming back, and... When my husband was backing up, I remember the dream, and I was like, oh, be careful. I had a dream about a car accident and whatever. And so we were leaving, going home, and sure enough, we got in an accident on our way. Just wow. driving the, the car, you know. Um, yeah, we ended up hitting a car, and my husband hit the curb, and we flew off the bike. Mm. And I was terrified. I was seeing this happen in real time, and it was like slow motion, and all I could say was like, babe, babe, like, in surrender, because there was nothing that I could do at that point. I was like, this is happening. Like, we're hitting this thing. Um, we're fine. My leg is bruised. I got a massage last night. I have a few cuts on my leg, but I'm, I'm okay. Thank God. I'm and, happy okay. Yeah. Shortly after that, I've learned that another um, guy that I know through in social media said in the city had passed from a car accident, I think the night before that. Wow. So that, like, to hear that, to see it happen, and I was terrified, but then to hear that, I was like, wow, like, this is, life changes so drastically, you know, like, I was really shaken up behind that, but um, I was grateful that we were okay. So that was the scariest thing, because I've not even been in, like, car accidents like that, I Mm -hmm. guess, except for when I was drinking and driving, which you should never do, don't drink and drive, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I've not been, and then I'm so gone, I don't know, but I've not been in a car accident before, so that was very, like scary for me right but other than that honestly it's every day that I go to the beach and I start my morning with gratitude um I remember my dad making me sleep outside as a child I remember being in jail so when I go watch the sun rise over the water and I see the endless sea I'm like yo this is beautiful like I never imagined that my life would be the way that it is now like I didn't even think I was going to make it to 25 you know Mm -hmm. um 31 now but yeah every day I feel that like every day I start my day with gratitude I'm in the present moment and I'm just grateful like that I'm here that I'm free that I have a peace of mind you know that I'm not strung out on drugs and uh, yeah I'm just like every day I feel that every day that is incredible that is absolutely incredible thank you so much thank you so 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 like on a spiritual level thank you for this conversation like the universe is so fucking intentional i swear to you the universe is so intentional and i really think that this mess this conversation is definitely going to be like important for a lot of people to hear like i was telling you beforehand i know a couple of people that do have intentions of um moving abroad and Mm -hmm. 
this has helped me and I know it'll definitely help somebody else. So thank you so much. I really appreciate this conversation. I will definitely be staying in contact with you and let the people know where we can find you. I'm at Black Digital Nomad on Instagram, W, or not W, I'm not like a 50-year-old. Black Digital Nomad.com. Black Digital Nomad.com. And um, on Facebook, Black Digital Nomad.com. Give us a thumbs up. We post updates there. But I post tons of resources on my Instagram almost Mm -hmm. daily. I post um, resources on my website as well almost daily. I have a master class that you can take monthly. And I also do one-on-one consultations. So if you want to have a chat with me, pick my brain, um, pay the invoice first, and the brain is yours. So, um, yeah, that's it. And it's amazing that I found you because, honestly, I don't even remember who posted, but you're in a photo, and I liked your name. It was traveling shit, and I clicked <laughs> on it. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I saw you had a podcast. I was like, oh, I would love to be on your podcast. So I listened, and then I messaged you right away, mm-hmm. and you're super responsive. So, Thank you for that and cool name because it definitely stood out. And Thank you. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So, yeah, this is amazing. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being here. Stay safe, yes. travel safely, live in safety, light love, and all of that. Thank you so much, Jazzy. Yes, I appreciate it. And thank hopefully you. I'll run into you abroad one day. Yes, amazing. I'm sure you will. That's happened. I've met so many people and we've seen each other in like several countries. Good. So it's crazy how this is the line. Serendipity. Thanks so much, sis. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. So thank you so, 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 so much to uh, this week's guest, Jazzy of uh, Black Digital Nomad. Uh, You can find her, like she said, on the Instagrams. You can find her on Facebook. She is an immense resource for any of you who are looking to travel abroad and also just for any of you who just like having conversations about the opportunity or the idea of expat life or nomad life. Make sure to follow me on the Instagram. I am underscore D Carrie. That's underscore D C A R R I E. Or you can follow on um, the travel and shit Instagram, which is T R A V E L, the letter N, and then S H I T underscore. Uh, both at Instagram, pictures, uh, links, updates, blah, 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 blah. All that shit. So find me digitally like you would my guest. All right, guys. See you next week. And thank you so much for all of y'all that have been um, coming back from a previous episode that you fucked with and have come back and still fucked with the kid again. Hope to see you again next week. Bye.